Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Well, good morning. We're excited you're here with us today. Uh, We're going online just like every other church. But you know what? We're still the church whether we meet in a sanctuary or not. All of us are part of one body. We're part of the family of God. And so I believe I have a word for you today. I want to remind you Wednesday night that we uh, preached about the love of God and the peace of God and all this trouble and turmoil that we're in. 2 Timothy 1, 7 said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to remind you to go back and listen to that and let it encourage you and fill your heart up uh, with the Word of God. Guess what? We're on a journey. And today we're going to be on a journey for truth. And I want to uh, reveal in the Word of God some truth that will give you peace that will comfort you, maybe build your faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so uh, I want to remind you the gospel's good news. In the midst of all the bad news, Jesus is good news. God is a good God. Uh, He's merciful and kind, and He's on our side. He's for us, and He's always calling us to the next level, pulling us up to believe Him for more, believe Him for greater. Let me tell you a funny story before we get started. Uh, there was a little lady walks down the street every day getting her exercise, and she saw an old man sitting on the front porch, and he looked so happy every day she passed by, and so she decided, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk to him and ask him, you know, how, how, old, how long has he been living? How come you're so happy? So finally she got the nerve up, and she opened the gate and walked up the sidewalk and said, sir, I see you out here every day. You look so happy. What is your what is your uh, secret to happiness and longevity? And he goes, well, I smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I eat junk food all the time. He goes, and I never exercise. And she goes, oh, my goodness. What, how old are you? And he goes, well, I'm 27. Mm, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. So anyway, let's get into the service and get into the sermon. Uh, we're going to look today. The light and the darkness is Jesus. Now, you know what? Jesus is the light of the world, and we're going to break this down, and we're going to talk about light. The light of the world is Jesus, and number one, we got three points, and the first one is light exposes darkness. Uh, light exposes darkness. When you turn a light on and you shine the light around, it, 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 just, it brightens up, and it shows you what's there in the darkness. And you know what? The, uh, we need to expose the devil in these last days. We need to recognize who he is. We need to, to, to discern good from evil. And where does evil come from? Not from God. It comes from an enemy. We have an enemy that rebelled against God, that led Adam and Eve astray and caused them to sin. And, and, and that caused a curse come into the earth because Satan became the God of this world. Did you know that Satan is called the God of this world? That God, But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to deliver people out of the world, out of the darkness, into the light. So let's look at some scriptures. And so we have an enemy, and I want to reveal him today. He's the author of sin, sickness, lies, murders, uh, disease. In Romans 12, I'm sorry, in Revelations 12, 10, it says he's called the accuser of the brethren. Have you ever been falsely accused? Have you ever been accused? You feel like you're under the microscope, under the light of accusations about your past coming up? That's the devil. Did you know he wants to control your remembering? He wants to bring back 
all the bad things you've done, all the evil things you've done. He does, he does that to me. All the stupid things I did as a, as a youth and as a kid, he brings back those wrong things. But you know what? I've asked God to forgive me, and he's cleansed me. And so we need to know that the enemy is the accuser. He's the one that brings back, well, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And he brings back that, the, those accusations in John 8, 44. Let's look at another. Jesus talking to the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. And, and the desires of your father, the devil, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. From the beginning, Satan was a murderer. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Mm. For he is a liar and the father of it. Did you know Satan is the father of lies? You know what? In Revelation 12, 10, he's the accuser of the brethren. John 8, 44, he's a liar, the father of lies. He's a murderer. Hmm. So if Satan is a lie, Jesus is the truth. How simple is that? The truth. And so 1 John 3, 8 says, He who sins of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. There it is, from the beginning. Uh, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Are you applying what Jesus has given you? Have you taken? You see, you, see, you can't fight a virus with your physical hands, but you can fight it with the Word of God. You can fight addiction with the Word of God. You can fight uh, addiction with the Word of God and with the Spirit of God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds up here, strongholds that the devil plants, strongholds that you're not good enough, strongholds of addiction that you'll never break that, you'll never quit that. Those lies, those are lies. God has set too many people free for you to stay bound in sin and sickness and in addictions uh, and hurts and pains and abuses. And Jesus dealt with all of that. And he, did, he, he dealt with everything. So let's go back to the beginning. In Genesis 1-1, God made man. God created the earth. He spoke uh, light into being. He spoke, spoke an atmosphere. He, he called land to come forth. But, you know, if you'll read in 1, that he made man in his own image. Uh, and, and 2, he describes how he molded man out of the dust of the earth and that he breathed into man and made him a living spirit, made him a living soul. But then you, if you go to chapter 3, you see the enemy comes in. The devil comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he started talking to Eve about the tree of, of, of good and evil, the tree of knowledge. Oh, boy. Oh, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Don't it look good? You know, you read through it real quick, and it, it acts like it happened in 10 minutes, but, but most of us don't sin in 10 minutes unless we're already a professional sinner. But temptation comes to break you down and break you down. And he broke Adam and Eve down. And so he broke them down and then a curse came on the earth because what they actually did is they believed Satan's words over God's word. They bowed the knee to Satan. They bowed to knee, the knee to his word and they believed him over God. Oh my. So that's where the trouble began. They, they made Satan the God of this world. Well, you know what? Jesus came to break that. Matter of fact, uh, we might get to that in the next couple of Sundays, but Jesus took the keys to the kingdom away from the devil. Uh, he doesn't, 
I know that he doesn't have authority, and he still, you know where he gets his authority? From us. That's another sermon altogether. But Jesus took the keys of the kingdom away from the devil. So let's, let's go a little further, and let's look. Uh, John 10, 10, Jesus himself said, The thief, the devil, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. You know what? People that are sick aren't walking in abundant life. People that are bound in sin aren't walking in abundant life. And so we need Jesus to help us break uh, these things off of our lives. And we have to apply the Word of God and believe the Word of God and accept what Jesus has done and apply it to our life. That's called faith. Faith is believing in, adhering to, and accepting what Jesus has done. So, so, so we laid the groundwork. You know what? I, I brought Here's the devil. And I know you said, well, I thought he would be bigger than that. Well, he's not. But his lies are big. His murders are big. His sicknesses are big. His trouble's big, but he's not. So let's, let's go to number two. If you follow in your notes, you can see them on LegacyFamily.info. But uh, number two, Jesus is the light. If Jesus, uh, he is the light of the world. He is the light shining out in the darkness. Uh, he is calling out to us, come. He's the Savior of the world. He's calling for us to come and, and to receive him. So many times Jesus said that he was the light of the world. And before this is over, you're going to find out that you, believer, are the light of the world too. John 8, 12 said, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Oh, I want the light of life. I don't know about you. John 1, 1, we talked about this Wednesday, but I want to remind you of it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In the beginning, uh, He was with God. And verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was, light, was, uh, the, life was the light of men. In verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Woo, in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory, the goodness of God. As, the, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God's glory is His goodness, and, and, and it was all over Jesus, all in Jesus, and we see Him full of grace and truth. Guess what? He still represents grace and truth today. You know, I want to go ahead and say that Jesus is the light, but He's also, He's my champion. Is He your champion? Have you received Him as a champion? A champion over sin, a champion over sorrow, a, ch a champion over problems in life? He's your champion. You know, a lot of people, they wear jerseys. A lot of people wear uh, Clemson Tiger jerseys, 2019 champion. Uh, somebody that might be wearing an LSU jersey, uh, 2020 champion, 2021, 2020. I'm just kidding. And so, you know, a Dallas Cowboy jersey, a Steelers jersey, a Washington Redskins jersey, a Super Bowl champion, whatever. And they never even stepped on the field. But they still wear the jersey because they're a fan, because they're a believer in their team. They probably had never even been to their stadium. Guess what? Jesus is my champion. 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross. He bore my sins. He bore my sorrows. He bore my pains. He bore my sicknesses. He bore chastisement. He bore all these things at the cross. He sweated great drops of blood in the garden before he went to the cross. And then he went to trial. He was beaten and whipped, and, 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 and they made fun of him. And they did all these things to him for me. God put that, God put his wrath on Jesus for me. That's what Isaiah 53 said. 
Jesus took everything for us. He was heaven sent to earth and with a mission. Did you know his mission was destroy the works of the devil? How, how, would you, how, how would you like to be Jesus for 30 years, see all the devil's work around you, and then you're turned loose? You're turned loose. God wants to turn you loose. You know I mean? uh, let me remind you uh, that, that we're the light of the world, that we need to be shining for God, especially in this time. Let's read a little bit of Isaiah 53. Not going to read it all, but I want to just hit some highlights. And, and, and Isaiah 53, 1, who has, re, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? Do you believe the report of the Lord? Do you believe? Are you a believer? Do you know that without faith, it's impossible to please God? That's Hebrews eleven six. Do you know that God has given you the measure of faith? You need to start exercising it. You need to start using your faith in this word right here. Who, to, and to whom has, is the arm of the Lord been revealed? You need to look up Isaiah 53 and read it. In verse 3, it says, He was despised and rejected of men. Have you ever been despised and rejected of men? He was rejected for you. A man of sorrows, brokenhearted, acquainted with sickness and grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He didn't come as a king. He didn't come all pretty and he didn't come like they were looking for. He came as a regular man and destroyed the works of the devil because he had the Spirit of God. Guess what? God is, in, is inviting you to receive Jesus and to receive his Spirit today and to walk in the power of God. So in verse 3, it says he was despised, a man of sorrows, acquainted with sicknesses, or the King James says grief, but the true translation is sicknesses, and we hid our faces from him. And verse 4, surely he has borne our sickness and griefs, oh my, and carried our sorrows, and we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Do you know Matthew quotes this in Matthew eight seventeen? Look it up, Matthew eight seventeen that he bore our sickness, that people lined up to be healed by Jesus, and he healed them all, that the scripture might be fulfilled. In Isaiah 53, 4, that he bore our griefs or bore our sickness and carried our, our sorrows. Uh, and verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. There's your sins. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. They made fun of him so you could have peace. And all this turmoil that's going on. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to have peace is what we're going to do. Jesus was tormented that we can have peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. Do you know if you've ever watched the movie The Passion and watched those, that, those they whipped him, they caned him, they beat him with a cat of nine tails. They pulled his flesh off. His flesh was ripped and torn for your healing. Think about it. And all we, uh, like sheep, have gone astray and turned everyone from his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Come on. This was God's wrath being poured out on Jesus. Jesus carried the wrath of God for our sins, for our sickness, for our chastisement, uh, for our peace. He carried all this for us. Peter says it in 1 Peter 2, 14, that he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree and that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness and by whose stripes we are healed. Did you know that we're the healed? Mm. See, that, that's where we've got to start declaring who we are in Christ, that we're righteous, that we're healed, 
How about holy? Well, I don't feel very holy. Well, I don't either. But you know what? It's not my holiness. It's not my righteousness. I'm going to take up his holiness and his righteousness. It's just like wearing that jersey. You wear that jersey because your team won. Well, you can wear righteousness because Jesus won it for you. You can wear righteousness and you can wear holiness because Jesus. All you have to do is keep yourself clean. And you need, to, yeah, you're supposed to mature up. You're supposed to work out your salvation. You're supposed to walk away from those petty sins and those uh, weak differences that we have. We're, you know what? I've matured over the years. When I was a stupid teenager, I did stupid things. Paul said when I was a child, I acted like a child. But now that I'm a man, a man of God, I'm not talking about being a preacher. I'm talking about being a Christian. Now that I'm a Christian, I'm going to act like a Christian. And so stop acting in childish ways and start pursuing the things of God. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will not leave you alone. He will help you be what God's called you to be. He'll help you walk in the things of God. Let's just ask him, Holy Spirit, come right now to everybody that's listening and help us to be holy. Help us to be righteous. Help us to be overcomers. Right here in this life, right here in this time, in the midst of all this darkness, help us to be light. Father, we time in the midst of all this dark that we need your power to be a witness, to be a witness, to be a witness in the earth today, to declare your goodness, to declare your grace, to declare your mercy upon the nations, upon our cities, upon our states, upon these United States. Lord God, we turn and we cry out to you. I believe that in Jesus' name, and I believe that, that this sickness and stuff is going to wake the church up. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to turn it and make it for good because it's going to wake the church up to be the church. Romans 8 says that the whole earth groans and, and travails for the sons of God to be what they're called to be, to be sons of God. The whole earth travails for it. It's waiting. And guess what? Uh, you know what? In these last days, and we're in the last days, that there'll be plagues, there'll be earthquakes. There was an earthquake in Utah just this week. Uh, that there's wars and rumors of wars and, and, you know, China's threatening this and Iraq's threatening that and Iran's threatening this. And there's always wars and rumors of war, but they're going to escalate in the end times. And guess what? We can have peace. We don't have to be afraid because we're believers, because we're in the kingdom of God. Guess what? You're not going to die. You're going to live forever, Christian. You're going to live forever. We cling to this life like it's all that, but it's not. Heaven's our home. And we're going to live in eternity with God. And so d d don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule your heart. Let me tell you a quick story about healing and forgiveness or forgiveness and healing. In Mark 2, uh, 2 it's they, they brought this man to Jesus. And there was four guys uh, carried him on a stretcher. And let's just start the story. In Mark 2, 2, immediately many gathered together. And, and there was no longer room for them to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic man uh, carried by four men. In verse 4, and when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken through, they let him down uh, the bed. They let the bed down in front of Jesus that the paralytic man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, can Jesus see your faith? Ask him, build my faith, Lord. So you can see my, you see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God, I'm not condemning anybody. God's given you faith. Let's grow it. Let's use it. And so Jesus saw their faith. 
Whoa, boy. And here's where it gets, here's where it gets sketchy. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Oh, boy. Do you know that what happened? It stirred up the religious crowd. In verse 6, and some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, you know the whole church world today to tell you that God will forgive sins. What they get hung up on is they don't know for sure that if it's God's will to heal. Well, look what Jesus said. But Im immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within uh, themselves, he said, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, not the Son of God, the Son of Man. Jesus did this as a man anointed by God. You're a man or a woman, and you can be anointed by God to pray. The Bible says believers lay hands on the sick, and they recover. Ooh. And so here we go. The power of God. He said to the paralytic man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never, uh, we never saw anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. We've never, 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 never. Maybe you've never heard this scripture in this, in this way before, but what's easier for Jesus? Jesus can do everything. Jesus can do anything. The question is, what can you believe him to do for you? Ooh, I want to believe him to do everything. Do I always get it? Do I always get 100%? No, because you know what? I'm not perfect as he was, but you know what? I'm going to pursue. I want to pursue the truth. I want to pursue peace. I want to pursue healing. You know what? I'm going to pray for everybody that's sick. I want to, I want to call everybody. I want to believe everybody that's in sin be free. I believe that the whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And if you have a, a great sin, God wants to set you free. If you have a sickness, God wants to heal you. This Word says it. Isaiah 53 declares it. Well, I know people say, well, you know, it's been done away with because we don't see that today. Well, we don't see it because we don't talk about it, we don't preach it, and we don't walk in it. I'm not, again, there's no condemnation in Christ. Let's, let's apply the truth to our lives. The Bible says that, that, we're, that you can call the elders together and they can anoint you with oil and you can be healed in the name of Jesus. Whoa. Healing. And it even says your sins will be forgiven, just like this parable right here, or not parable, but this story that Jesus taught right here, that forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. Well, let's believe. Let's believe that, that this plague, can you pray against this plague? Do you believe this plague is of the devil? Do you believe this plague is evil? Then you know what, Christian, church, we need to rise up and, and bind the enemy. So let's do that. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Jesus, our champion. Jesus, our savior. Jesus, our healer. He came to destroy the works of the devil. We call this plague a work of the devil. And we thank you, Father God, for the victory that belongs to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for healings that's ours. We thank you, Father, for the victory that we have victory over sin, sickness, Death in Jesus' name, amen. Well, how come out so many sick people in the earth, Pastor? Well, because they don't apply the word. You know what? There's a lot of sinners in the earth, too. There's a lot of dictators that are doing their own thing. There's a lot of people doing their own thing. There's bikers doing their own thing. There's haters doing their own thing. But if, when you apply the word of God, it'll change your life. 
It's just like the joke the guy told about getting on the elevator and somebody said, ooh, somebody's deodorant's not working. And he said, it must be y'all's because I don't use any. Well, you know what? You need to use deodorant. You need to use mouthwash. You need to wash your hands these days. You need to do everything that you're supposed to do, but you're supposed to put God first and make God number one over your, over your body, over your mind, and over your spirit. And you do that with the Word of God. You see, Isaiah 53 is the foundation for a Christian's life, and we need to start living it out and believing it. We need to take communion and remember that Jesus' body was broken for us to be healed, that he bore our, our iniquities and our sins on the cross, as Peter said, and with his stripes we are healed. So, so every time you take communion, remember that. And guess what? If you haven't taken it in a while, you can take it right there at home. You don't have to have uh, be in a church or a church house. You can take communion just you and Jesus uh, together. So let's look at number three. We need to live in the light. How do we live in the light? You read God's Word. You believe God's Word. And you pray it out into your life. When you find a scripture that you can apply a promise by these precious promises, Peter said, by these precious promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature of God. Well, the divine nature. See, we live by our own strength and our own hand and our own doing and our own mind. But I want to tell you, God has given you everything. And God wants you to walk and take your gifts and talents and, and make them divine and walk in the divine life. God wants you to be a creator like him. He wants you to be an inventor. Somebody invented this pulpit. Somebody bound a, this, the Word of God and made a Bible with it. People invented this camera that I'm speaking to right here. There are chairs in our sanctuary that somebody made. You know I believe they're in the heart of God, just like in the truth is in the heart of God. But God gives men ideals, wisdom, uh, to be able to make things to help people. And if you don't, you don't believe that, then maybe you shouldn't ride in your car because God, God, God's, God's invented cars for us to help us get around quicker. God even made medicine. How about God gives doctors wisdom to be able to, to, to help heal people over sickness and disease. But you know what? You don't put doctors ahead of God. God's number one. And so, so let me read you Matthew 15, uh, excuse me, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and, and, and that it gives light to all those in the house. 1 John 4, 9 says, in this, the love of God was manifest towards us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Glory be to God. I want to live through him. Listen, before we close, I want to, I want to give you a couple of promises. And I don't want you to look at it. And, and see, I believe we ought to take the word of God and make them ours. This word is mine. This word is yours. You need to make it personal. You can have a personal relationship with God. Just like if you have a wife or a husband and you made promises to them, you stood before God and you promised God and Jesus promised us right here in this word. He made promises to us. You know, if it was us that, that made the promises, well, it wouldn't be that strong. But God and Jesus, they made a covenant with Abraham and Jesus cut the covenant of blood on the cross for us. It's powerful. And so the word of God is powerful. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, which are sickness and disease, sin and sorrow. He went about doing good and healing all. That's Acts 10, 38. He wants to good, do good for me and take sickness away from my midst or away from me. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that good? So how about Psalms 103? We start our services off with Psalms 103. It's a messianic 
vision of what Jesus did at Calvary. And it says, I bless the, the Lord. Uh, I bless the Lord, my God. I remember all his benefits, who pardons all my iniquities, heals all my diseases, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfies my mouth with good things and renews my youth like the eagles. Glory be to God. You know what? God wants to renew your youth. Did you know, I, I read a lot from John, and uh, I, I love John, especially 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It's Jesus' last day on the earth. But John was in his 80s when he wrote that. It's not too late for you, sir. Not too late for you, ma'am. God wants to use you in your 80s. God wants to use you in your 70s. God wants to use you in your 60s. God wants to use you in your teens, young person. God wants to use everybody. And so he, he wants to renew your strength. He wants to put good things in your mouth. And he wants you to be satisfied with it. So let me ask you this. Have you given your heart to God? Have you made him Lord of your life? Do you know, for God so loved you that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. I know it says the world, but maybe you're in the world. God wants to draw you out of the world and he wants to make you a part of the family. You see, Jesus is the son of God. He's the son of God. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my king. I've made him that. And but also he's my brother and he died that I could be in the family of God. Romans 8 again says, I've been adopted. I know who my mom and dad are in the, in, in the earth. I know who my parents are, but guess what? When I accepted Jesus, I was translated into a new family, into the family of God. And God's calling you to step into his family today. Will you do that? Will you do that? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that you believe in Jesus with your, in your heart, that all those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. Will you call on him right now? Just close your eyes and bow your head. Just look at your heart. Are you saved? Parents, ask your children, are they saved? Do they believe? This is a prayer that I want you to pray. Say, Father, I come. And I ask Jesus to be Lord of my life. I accept that he died upon the cross for my sins, that he was whipped and beaten, that he carried my sickness, my pain, my sorrow, that he's delivered me from abuses, from addictions. And I cast my cares over on you. So, Father, I thank you that today I am saved because I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. I believe that he rose again for my victory. And I thank you, Father, for salvation. I thank you for the word of God becoming alive in me. So Holy Spirit, come make your home in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.